This time on episode 286 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll be discussing Runaways Season 2, Episode 1, Gimme Shelter, the weekly Marvel news, and your feedback. I'm Ryan from the Dad.io podcast, a show dedicated to dorky dads everywhere. Part of the Gonna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other delicious geeky shows at GonnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Lauren. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, June 9th, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast galactic-wide via www.geeks.live. Come on and join our live chat on geeks.live as we record. Ladies, happy National Donald Duck Day! Yay! Are any of y'all watching the new DuckTales on Disney XD? Not me. No, I don't have time for it, but I've heard about it. I think you've talked about it before. No, it's really good. Any special things about it? Well, first of all, Lin-Manuel Miranda is Gizmo Duck. And also the voice director of the show is Sam Regal, who people may know as, well, first of all, the voice of Phoenix Wright. And also he's one of the players on Critical Role. So D&D lovers, check it out. All right. Good to know. And with that, we're going to continue on with the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we were throwing a little curveball on that this week, the multiple Marvel small screen series, which we have pivoted to this week, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes in general. Because of watching way too much Tarantino. If you'd like to talk to us about all of the Tarantino that you watch, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can call us at our voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2888. Seven one. You can find our Facebook page, Legends of Shield Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of Shield. On YouTube, you can see our lovely videos at youtube.com slash gunageek. Speaking of videos, there is a cat behind you, Haley, and oh my god, so cute. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. You can join our Discord server chat at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. So if you want to see the amazing cats of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., you'll have to go to our YouTube videos to find that. Once again, that's youtube.com slash gunnageek. Also, Michelle is not able to be a part of the podcast tonight. However, she does get writing credit because guess who did the show notes? Yay! <laughs> Michelle, thank you very much, Michelle, for doing the show notes, even though you couldn't be here with us tonight. We love you, Michelle. And as I mentioned before, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was slated to do their next episode Friday night. Well, guess what? They got preempted by the NBA Finals. So we decided to pivot. And instead of doing 
the last X-Men film because we all haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Also, we've not heard good things about it. Which will not stop me from watching it eventually, but yeah, I was doing stuff on Friday. And also, I thought Friday was Saturday. (laughs) So we're going to eventually review it at some point when we have a second, but we're going to go ahead and fill this one-week void with The Runaways Season 2 Episode 1 because we can't do Legion or Legion because Legion hasn't started yet and we will be covering Legion in the off weeks from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends. So that's kind of how we're going to do it, but this will be a special one-off. With that, we're just going to get right into it. The Runaway Season 2 Episode 1 was named Gimme Shelter. It aired on Hulu December 21st, 2018, so we're getting closer with these episodes. Haley, who directed this episode? This episode was directed by Allison Liddy Brown. She has 73 directing credits starting in 1997, including eight episodes of The Secret World of Alex Mack, which I adored as a kid, and I would like to actually do a rewatch of. Yes! One episode of Xena Warrior Princess, one of Star Trek Voyager, (laughs) four of Ed, one of Monk, two of the 4400, two of Chuck, Six of Friday Night Lights, five of Bones, three of Revenge, which SP adores, nine of Scandal, one of The Gifted, one of The Runaways, and seven Grey's Anatomy. Did you say Xenu Warrior Princess? I think I said Xenia. Okay. (laughs) And four episodes of Ed. I don't know about you guys, but I was a big fan of Ed with Tom Cavanaugh on it. I never saw it. Never saw it. Of Ed? Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of a situational one-hour drama comedy, but it, it was pretty good. I love Top Cavanaugh, Tom Cavanaugh in it. And, of course, the two episodes of Chuck, that's really good, too. So, Allison's been involved in some really cool geek shows since 1997. I'm not surprised that she was pulled in to do this one. Lauren, who wrote this episode? This episode was written by a team. First off, we have Josh, Josh Schwartz. No one can talk this week. (laughs) I talk for a living. How do I do this? How do I words? Josh Schwartz, who has 15 writing credits starting in 1999, starting with 22 of the OC, also created by him, four of Chuck, also created by him, two of Gossip Girl, three of The Runaways. He's also the showrunner. I will not say created by him because he did not create the comic. One of Dynasty, the remake, redo, follow-up, whatever it's called. Reboot. Developed by him. Reboot. Thank you. Mulligan. <laughs> and we also have, as the other half of that writing team, Stephanie Savage, who has 10 writing credits starting in 2004, with 14 of the OC, 12 of Gossip Girl, also developed by her, three of Runaways, also show run by her, And one of Dynasty, the reboot, redo, mulligan, also developed by her. There's also a bunch of stuff that they've worked on that's still announced and in development. Like, she's listed for executive producer for the Nancy Drew TV series and Monster High. And he's listed as writer and executive producer for Looking for Alaska, which isn't that a John Green novel? 
I don't know. I'm too old to have picked up on the John Green hype train, but people like him, I understand. Anyway, so they are the writing team behind this episode. Since they've been involved in a lot of the same projects before, are they in a relationship, do you know? No, actually. She is, as of 2003, she was director Mick G's producing partner. And he's been married to Jill Stonerock since September 20th, 2008. Okay. That is a fantastic name. That's like a Flintstones name. So the two of them just work really well together. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. Gimme Shelter, the title of the episode. Haley is often the person we go to to find out what the title of the episode means in terms of just the topic of the episode, because often the topic of the episode is encapsulated in the title. So, Haley, what do you got for us this week? So usually I do something silly and funny, but I'm too tired to think of something like that. So I'll just straight up say, like, they're looking for a place to live in this episode. It's kind of what the, what's going on. Also, it's the name of a really good Rolling Stones song. Oh, there you go. There's that. All right. So we got songs and actual living conditions mashed together. And Haley will promise to do better the next time she's on the show. Now, we often talk about the fights in the episode just because the action choreography and stuff like that. There wasn't really a lot of true fights, but there was a chase with Chase involved. <laughs> yeah, with what was the guy's name? Mike the bike guy yeah. or whatever. Mike on a bike. Mike on a bike. That's it. Who is then chased down by Chase, which I love the. Well, his nickname is Mike on a bike. I have a nickname too. Chase. But that's not a. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, uh, the little girl bikes that they're all on and stuff trying to get to them. So it's a really kind of fast slash slow chase. And earlier on, they're chasing him as he's stealing the Fistigons to begin with. And I'm amazed that they're able to run at a pace, which is keeping up with the bike. But they are. So I guess that's their superhero power. Hey, girl bikes go fast. I've gotten in some really, really terrible accidents on little girl bikes. So don't ride little girl bikes anymore. Well, I don't because I'm not nine anymore, but I was once nine and I did hit a garbage can and I don't remember anything after that. And I did go fast enough to scrape most of the skin off of one of my legs. And I'm just saying little girl bikes should not be messed with. Understood. I took my sister's little girl bike and I would go down a, a neighbor's driveway and I would jump off of it and I would watch it pop off the curb as it hit and just like go into the air and everything. It was like the best thing ever. I was, if I had a camera, I would have slow mode it because it was awesome. But that was before cameras were invented. <laughs> I also almost ran over my dad on my little girl bike, but he moved out of the way just in time. I almost ran over a neighbor kid with a little girl bike. Yeah. Also, when I was in college, I don't know if people still do this, but when I was in college, because bike theft on campus is a thing or was a thing when I was... It still is. Probably still is, yeah. So one of the guys in my dorm brought his sister's bike with him to college and he would he, that's the bike that he took everywhere because he figured man no one's gonna steal this bike and yeah nobody stole his bike the entire time he was there 
So he was riding a bright pink bike with a white basket and a little squeaky horn. That's what Chase should have done with the Fistigons. Right? I mean, if you don't want someone to steal something, you make it look old and busted, or you make it look... Super girly. Right? Should have put some doilies on there. Yeah. Paint it pink with lace. Everybody knows boys can't use something that's pink. Yeah. Science. We have old Lace the Dinosaur. She's got Lace in her name. Also, yeah, they should have broken out the dinosaur earlier, like during the first chase. What's the point of having a dinosaur if you're not going to use it? Right? Who's going to believe him? Oh, I got chased by a dinosaur. After I stole these magic gauntlets. It wasn't just the dinosaur. None of them were using any of their powers at all. Carolina didn't use her powers at all until the very end when she fell through into the new digs. Yep. I wonder if they were just like using, like saving their budget or what? Yeah, this was a effects not intensive episode. I mean, they did show sparkly Carolina when she fell down, but. And there was a little bit of explosion toward the end. But yeah, it was it was a super effects light episode. The dinosaur was under the blanket most of the time. Reminded yeah. me of E.T. <laughs> I had that kind of feeling last season and so i'm glad that they did it again this season although okay okay and so they didn't use her strength superpower but for a fight but they used it to carry the dinosaur molly mm -hmm. so yes yeah all right which hey good use that's a good use it's nice that she doesn't fall asleep every time anymore hey she's growing into her powers i mean it's it's like weightlifting maybe question mark i don't lift weights yeah i wouldn't advise it with your issues with yeah no it's like if i tried i mean my shoulders pop out just from like sitting here and not moving enough so i'm pretty sure if i actually tried to do any like heavy weight lifting light weights i can do like five pounds one pound i can do that well, I guess it just boils down to whatever weight you're comfortable doing damage to yourself and things around you. Fair. Fair. Well, this episode was pretty much equally divided amongst the pride, the parents, and the kids. So I kind of enjoyed that coming back to it. Oh, by the way, we run into this episode and it feels like it just ended the last season. And we're just rolling into the next season. So for us, it's only been, what, a couple of months? since we finished Runaways, or a month since we finished Runaways, and then boom, we're getting the next episode. It's really cool. You can binge it, and it just seems like it's bam, just tomorrow sort of thing. So I, I did like that. We find out from them that it's been, what, like 24 hours since the yeah. news alert went up? Since they found the fake kids. <laughs> or when they find the fake kids, it's been 24 hours. You captured their stunt doubles! So were these just kids that the detective just pulled off the street that kind of looked like him? Or are these paid actors that they use part of the $1,500 that they got from Darius? I think they're people that like bought their clothes at the thrift store they sold them at, right? I think so. Oh, and they just happen to look like everybody? Yeah. I, it's, it's very much a space ball. You've captured their stunt doubles moment. <laughs> I did like the fact that the uh, fake... Fake Carolina and fake Chase are making out. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So this is the way it was last season. It's not the way it is anymore. You guys aren't getting it right. 
That's the thing. They didn't keep the detective apprised of the relationship status of all the kids. That's why I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. For a second, I was thinking, like, the second they walk out, are they going to use the staff to realize, like, drop the disguise and be like, oh, it was them the whole time. But no, it was just, again, people not paying enough attention to teenagers, which sort of seems to be the whole theme of the show. Well, not the whole theme of the show, but a good chunk of the theme of the show. We get the appearance of Frank, I think it's the one and only scene that he's in when he's going into the police station. It has to stop and talk in front of the cameras. Yep. I don't think that's a bad idea for him, but it's a bad idea for everybody else. I'm surprised he stopped talking to the cameras. His whole reason for being is to get back in front of cameras. Yeah. That's my point. I, I'm surprised that he listened and he just turned and went back in. Hashtag Frank shaming. <laughs> the other bad thing that happened, though, as part of the news was Molly's aunt. Great aunt? Aunt? Cousin. Cousin. Yeah, that was just... Uh, I don't, I don't uh. think that was called for because what they could have done is she could have used the wand... To incapacitate her, they could have grabbed the memory wipe drug and then jabbed her with it, and she wouldn't be dead. They wouldn't have to deal with that. Okay, but we've seen that Tina is ruthless. She doesn't like loose ends of any sort. And there is no better way to tie up a loose end than to burn it off completely. So that's what she's doing with teaming up with Wilder to quote unquote lead the group. Yep. Just tying up that loose end. Yeah, she is teaming up with the ones that she sees as not weak. The ones that are just as ruthless as she is. You can tell she has no real big regards for uh, the Yorkses. She thinks they are very weak. And again, because she followed them there, she didn't trust them to get the job done. And again, Graciela was smart. She talked to the press, first of all in a public forum so that other people would hear. She protected herself. She was armed. She didn't trust Dale and Stacy. And it would have gone great if Tina hadn't been there as backup. Yeah, Graciela, she had a 12-gauge shot-off pistol is basically what she had. Oh, my gosh. That thing was going to be... Very, very dangerous, and I'm surprised it didn't do more damage than it did, but she thought she had everything under control. The one thing that she might have done differently is actually given a copy of the tape to the press. Uh, what makes you think that's the only copy of that tape? Exactly. She, we have nothing that we've seen from her. I don't think she's stupid. And again, it's a tape. I think she had to have gone to like digitized it yeah i was gonna say radio shack but i don't think radio shack exists anymore she must have gone somewhere and had them digitize it and had a backup made recorded it on her phone while it was playing and had it put in a dropbox or something yeah she can't trust the police so i hope she didn't count on that no all right we're also confirmed dealing with aliens yep so both jonah and whatever's down in that hole is an alien i'm just going to smile and nod and let y'all talk about this because 
You know more. I know more based on the comics. I don't know more based on the series. But what I do know based on the comics, let's see how well that mashes up. I was just going to say, okay, so they're saying it's alien, but who knows? It could be a mutant. I don't know what it is. But we do know it's been either down in the hole or Jonah's been around for thousands, if not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years. So we're dealing with some old beings right here. So the kids, this is just a funny thing that they threw in there. The kids are hungry and they end up going to a soup kitchen and it's being paid for by their parents. Yeah. Just can't get away from them. Which it does show that pride is doing some good in the world. Just that's not the prime goal of the group. Well, okay. So this is kind of funny. Speaking of pride, it's pride month. And there's a lot of contention about corporate involvement in pride month because you're going to see a lot this month of rainbow stuff rainbow everything everywhere from people who don't necessarily actually support the quilt bag community like twitter and youtube who are notoriously very bad about actually supporting queer people on their communities but have no problem just being like hey look we're flying a rainbow and One of the arguments that I've seen is, I mean, yeah, it sucks that these people, it's just, you know, trying to score brownie points, but it's kind of a good thing that people are being like, oh, hey, there's enough money to be made from supporting these communities because most people do these days. So it's that whole, you know, the evil empire is inadvertently doing a good thing. And I see it kind of being the same thing here. They're doing it just to kind of give themselves brownie points and help them to fly under the radar. Yeah. But they are actually helping this population. Yeah, in generic terms, until they discover that they're actually going to destroy it. Oh, yeah. But they also didn't know they were going to do that. To be fair, they're all kind of pawns in this game. Up to this point, yeah. And Unfortunately, they're still at each other's throats. I mean, Jeffrey Wilder's conversation, which again, I don't know if I would have that conversation in a wired room, secret room by the people that created Wizard. I mean, it's bugged. So I anyway, so they're having a conversation. Jeffrey was having a conversation. Well, I'll team up with them until we get our kids back. Then we're going to take them out again. If you've worked with intelligent people before, sometimes the smartest people are some of the dumbest. So you're saying Jeffrey's smart? He's smart enough to be where he is. Eh, He's cunning enough. So the Runaways themselves have done a great job pretty much through the episode of banding together, of being together. Uh, There's a onesie twosie, and we'll talk about that, but they're surviving together. They're supposed to be on the lookout together to get robbed because, well, they're just I love some there's a couple scenes that I really want to talk about. The first one is Chase and Carolina stealing a car. I loved that because first of all, it's like they they show that they are perfectly aware of what they look like, how they are capable of sounding because they point out again, it's like pretty white privilege gets you places as long as you look a certain way and sound a certain way and act like you belong a certain place. You can get away with a lot. There's a podcast that I like called Behind the Bastards. And 
there's this one specific episode. It's actually talking about a hero who helped a lot of people in World War II, helped a lot of Jewish people flee by acting like he just belonged in places and was like, okay, these people need to come with me. Okay, we're leaving. And the host has called it tall white guy privilege. Because if you look like a tall white guy, you're going to get a lot of passes. And especially if you just act like that and nobody's going to back you up. A lot of places, it's white coat privilege. If you have a white lab coat uh, and start acting like you know stuff, people aren't going to question you. Look at the Elizabeth Holmes stuff and the Theranos stuff. And with them, they look like rich white people in a rich area in L.A. Yeah, they can get away with getting the car out of L.A. And the other thing that I really wanted to talk about is when they're at the homeless camp and it really strikes Gert that she's never actually seen injustice up close. That for all that she's been campaigning against all this stuff, this is the first time she's actually seen anything like this. This is the first time that she's been hungry. This is the first time that she's been poor. This is the first time that she's been among the homeless. And this is something that a lot of people are, you know, when the first time that they actually come face to face with something that's in the abstract for them, it, it hits you. It hits you hard. And I really like that we see her actually confronted with something that was just an abstract. So a couple of things. First of all, the car. So they're stealing a car, a very recognizable car with a personalized license plate that's going to be easily caught with license plate recognition in CCTV. So I'm not sure how smart that is for them to be out in the open in a recognizable car, but okay. So because plot, I'll go with it. Other than that, I agree with your assessment there. Don't they dump it? I, yeah, I assume they dumped it right after they got to Graciela's. Because, yeah, that's really, really dumb if they don't. They also put all their fingerprints, not all their fingerprints, but they have fingerprints in the house, so they can be connected to the house and the car, so. But again, that's not that big of a deal because they went to a place they were expected to go. Like, the parents kind of assumed they were going to go there. Yep, and they take Graciela's money and her ID, and again, it's something they never thought they were going to do, and... I think it's Gert who's like robbing a dead woman. And it's like, well, first of all, it's not going to do her any good where she's at right now. Second of all, what do you think she would have wanted? She, first of all, she wouldn't want Molly to go hungry or cold or anything like that. And I think it would be a kind of good, you know, F you to her murderers. And again, they need to be practical at this point. There's, Something that people don't understand is there's a point where you can't really afford to have morals. If you are hungry enough, you are going to do whatever it takes to get food. That's why a lot of people turn to things like sex work. That's why people do things like stealing. If you are scared enough, you're going to do whatever it takes to stay safe. That's why people join gangs. They just... Again, things that are abstract no longer being abstract. 
I don't have any problems with them taking the money or the idea or anything. My issue is story-wise, legally, they can now be linked to the murder. Yeah, but their parents don't want them in prison and their parents have connections with the cops who are going to be investigating this crime. All right. Yeah. So if it's it going to be ruled an accident. She choked on something in the kitchen. If it was any other people as their parent, yeah, I'd be worried. But because their parents, as we've seen, basically own the cops, it's much less of a worry. All right. The two outliers from this episode on the runaways were Alex working with Darius, which I'd like to get your ideas on whether you think this is smart enough. We'll start with Haley. I mean, I think Alex is this is again you know people in desperate positions doing things that aren't necessarily smart i think there's going to be some serious repercussions for this eventually like eventually he's going to be asked to do something that's not paint the nursery (laughs) and he's going to be in a bad position also his fingerprints are on that gun which could be used to kill somebody yep which he which was pointed out in the episode to kill somebody fair when again the second he says you know i need more money i'll do anything Again, me, I'm here like, you never say I'll do anything. That opens up a whole lot of doors, most of them very unsavory. And thankfully, all Darius wanted him to do was paint a nursery. And again, we have Alex terrified, you know, once they have him, Darius very deliberately leading him on. He's like, yeah, you're not going to want to make a mess. Gives him the drill, making it seem like he's going to have to torture a guy. And it's just paint this nursery. Yeah. But, you know, as the girl whose name I don't remember said, oh, is he the new Andre? I think that's what Darius wants. He doesn't need another guy who can hold a gun and pull a trigger. He needs another guy that can do what Andre did. Yep. Because somebody who can hit things. I mean, I can hit things not very hard, but I can. You know what I can't do? Hack into things. I can't do that. I could probably teach you, but I mean, yeah, but I don't think I'll be good at it is the thing. It's like, and also she can't do it right now with no training. Exactly. I mean, shooting things. I can shoot things. My aim is actually not bad hitting things. I can hit things. I know where to hit people to make it hurt. Again, I'm not very strong, but I have a little bit of training. I can make someone hurt. But I can't do that. When it comes to things that people actually need the very specialized training for, that, you know, somebody doesn't, you know, just go out and box for fun or somebody doesn't grow up squabbling with their siblings, something like that. You know, if if you get in a fight with your brother or your sister, all you got to do is hit. You don't have to know anything about firewalls so the one thing i will remind you about darius is he saw all of their powers full blown he's seen that so he knows that they're special not once but twice because once was when he was trying to kidnap alex and the second time was in the construction site so he's fully aware of what these kids can do i think that's another thing he would not mind using to his advantage mm-hmm. which i'm sure is his plan but he has to manipulate that into happening. He can't just force it into happening because he knows that they can overpower him. And again, that's another thing. Bring Alex in just a little bit deeper, a little bit at a time. 
see how much of himself he's willing to give away until there comes that point where he has to bring in other people. It's a smart move. It's terrible and it's extremely cunning, but it's smart. Do you think given the current relationship status of Alex that the sister is going to be involved in manipulation or do you think it's going to be like a real relationship? I think she's going to keep him interested in being involved with Darius. Agreed. Longer than he should. I don't know if there will be anything genuine there, but I think that teenagers being teenagers, he's going to do something dumb because let's face it, we all probably did really, I know I did really stupid things as a teenager with a crush. Yep. So let's move on to Carolina and her outlier moment of going to see Jonah. Interesting move on her part. Well, she did just find out he's her father. But they also know that he's involved with pride, which is trying to kill people. That's still a big thing to find out. Like, Two days ago in the timeline of the show is when she found that out. Yeah. Okay. So she's still trying to find, but she's going in solo. I assume she hasn't told the rest of the team, the rest of the runaways where she's at and what she's doing. I don't think that's incredibly smart. Nope. As with most things, use the buddy system. And she is not using the buddy system. Well, because all her buddies would tell her this is a bad idea. Exactly. That's why you use the buddy system. And they definitely used the buddy system when they found their new lair. Haley, tell me about this <laughs> lair. Uh, looks pretty kick-ass. I mean, don't know really much about it other than it doesn't have, you know, power or water, which seems like a drawback. Hey, it also has raccoons. Yeah. More pets. Yes. I also keep thinking, um, Nico doesn't have much to do right now since she doesn't have the staff. Which is a little unfortunate. Yeah. Solution, get the staff. Yes. I was kind of surprised that they decided to stay in L.A. and not leave L.A. So obviously staying in the general area means that they're going to try to do so. Like Gert's going to want to go back for her meds at some point. Oh, you can get drugs on the street. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can get those drugs, but yes, you can definitely get drugs. Anti-anxiety meds, you can get those on the street. Okay. Yeah. I haven't ever tried to buy anything on the street. I haven't either, but I know you can get those. Yep. You can get anything anywhere. All you got to do is know the right person. So I was trying to get the background of this layer in my head. Is this like a bomb shelter or was this built like thousands of years ago? It looks like it's just a house that ended up covered by dirt. I know what it is in the comics. And if y'all would like to know, I can tell you. Yeah, let's go. Go ahead. What's it in the comics? Yeah, that's fine. That doesn't seem like a spoiler. All right. In the comics, it's one of their parents' old houses. They call it the hostel. It's just an old house. But this one is covered with rock and mud, and it's part of the mountain. They might say that it's like a house that ended up covered after a mudslide or something like that. Yeah, covered after a mudslide okay. or something built like by some eccentric artist in the 50s or... Well, it doesn't seem like it was meant to be underground because it seems like they fell through like a skylight. Yeah, it does have windows, which you wouldn't expect something underground to have windows. I also really love how much it looks like the hostel does in the comics. Like it has the, the same entrance. With the staircase and everything. Yes. Also, I, I think I forgot to point this out last time, but... 
the outfit Carolina is wearing here and by extension in the last episode we saw her in in season one is actually one that she's wearing in a cover that was done for the original run. I think we did talk about that, but it's good to bring up again. Okay. It makes me, it makes me very excited. I, I just get happy every time I see it. I was happy to watch this episode. I'm happy to watch this series at any time. This was unexpected, as I said at the beginning of the episode, but I'm glad that things have just continued. Like they really didn't stop. There's no major changes, at least not yet. So this is going to be a fun series to watch later on this year when we actually have time to watch it. I'm happy we're doing it. Haley, any last thoughts? Just the thought that I had last season, which is that I think the pacing for this series is too slow. I think they would benefit from speeding up the plot development a little bit. Are you talking about the first few episodes of the first season or the entire season? Really, even when it picked up last season, it still was kind of a slow paced show. So if you don't want to get too dark, I was thinking about that in this episode because we did have the death. But if you want to keep it lighter and not go too deep, I think you have to space it out. But that's just me. I don't think they're trying to make this a light show, though. It's a show about people who kidnap teenagers and use them to resurrect an evil alien. I think the primary purpose of the show, I mean, it's close, but the primary purpose is like the interaction with the teens. But I could be wrong. Lauren, what do you think about this series in this episode? Uh, well, the series overall, it is listed on Hulu as a drama. So I think you have to have those elements of drama. And of the episode, I loved it. The one other thing I forgot to mention, and something that I think that we're seeing with regards to Nico, is the memorial that she helped lead for Graciela. Oh, yeah. And I actually cried during that scene. We're starting to see her find herself as kind of the heart of the team. We see Alex that they're talking about like, oh, I thought you were supposed to be the leader and he storms off. And then Nico sort of picks up and has them with the ceremony and everybody else from the homeless camp sees what they're doing and helps and pitches in and puts something meaningful there. And it's this incredibly beautiful scene. And admittedly, I'm a bit raw from something recently, but yeah, it was, it was just very good. And even without the staff right now, even without, you know, everything that did sort of show me like, oh, okay, this is positioning Nico somewhere where I think we're going to see more of her throughout the season. All right. Well, I look forward to watching this again sometime in the future, probably later on this fall. And getting the rest of the 13 episode season. So we got 12 more episodes headed towards us. By the way, I was looking at different ways of consuming this, especially since we were going to have the big break between this episode and the rest of the season. So I did consider getting a Hulu subscription. But ultimately, when I did the calculation in my head, because we're going to be watching this one now and then the rest of them over such a long period of time, decided it was cheaper to get the actual package and the only place i could find the season was hulu or with voodoo because amazon does not have season two of the runaways so looks like to me unless i missed something the only two places that you can get this is either by subscribing to hulu or going to voodoo and buying season two yeah i'm sticking with hulu because there's a bunch of other stuff that i'm watching on there 
I'm not watching anything else on Hulu at the moment, so that's a consideration as well. If I started watching something else, then it would be viable. It's only five ninety nine a month. Yeah. Well, Handmaid's Tale just came back, but I haven't been in an emotional space to watch that yet. Me either. I haven't even watched season two of that, but <gasps> I mean, Harlots, Letterkenny, Broad City's on there. Jeez, what else am I watching? There's a bunch of movies that just came to there. I think a bunch of DC animated movies are still on there. I just added a whole bunch of like documentaries and stuff to my list when I was about to, I was getting ready to watch this and I was like, well, let's see what's new on here. So I just added a bunch of stuff to my, my queue today. All right. So next Sunday, this is going to be a repeat. We're going to be talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 5. The other thing, unless the NBA actually supplants it again. I'm looking forward to that and having Michelle back. So this week, John Favreau's cooking show, The Chef Show, <laughs> has featured lots of MCU folks. Uh, and I saw the clip earlier where <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow was told that she was in Spider-Man Homecoming because she had completely forgotten or wasn't aware of it at the time. Yeah, so I don't know if the show's actually started airing on Netflix yet, but it's John Favreau who, who loves cooking. He actually made a movie called Chef. And I think that one had Robert Downey Jr. in it, too. But anyway, this one, it's him and Chef Roy Choi. And it's just them doing food stuff and hanging out with people that he's worked with. And it just it looks kind of like chill, low key fun, low key. Ah. But no, um, there's a couple of clips from it that I've seen. There's yeah, the one with Gwyneth Paltrow where she forgot she was in Spider-Man Homecoming. There's also one. It's him, Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, and they get, I think they're in New Orleans or something, but they get Tom Holland to eat an oyster, and he'd never had one before. I just had oysters for the first time. I can't. When I was younger, it was Lent, and my uncle Frank said he'd pay me five bucks if I had a fried oyster, and I ate it, but at what cost? So, Kelly, <laughs> what kind did you have? I don't know. We went to a place that had a bunch of oysters, and those are the kind I had. Were they just on the shell, and you slurped them out? Yeah. Were they fried? On the shell. Okay. Okay. Which is the kind that Tom Holland had. They gave him with like some hot sauce, and he slurped it down. I just, I can't. In other news, so this is about the Runaways. So how fortuitous that we watched it this week. Elizabeth Hurley is joining as a classic Marvel villain in season three. Which Marvel villain, you may ask? Morgan Le Fay, who is also a figure from classic literature. So, as it says in the article, Morgan Le Fay was created, question mark, by Stan Lee and Joe Manili and made her debut in 1955's Black Knight Number 1. Loosely based on the similarly named character from Arthurian legend, Le Fay is the half-fairy, half-sister of King Arthur and a master of the mystic arts, as well as the one-time love interest of Dr. Doom. So, we'll see how that fits into Runaway Season 3, since we are just starting Runaway Season 2. Elizabeth Hurley's always great to watch on the screen. I can't wait to get to Season 3 and see her, villain or no. It's going to be fun seeing her on the screen. She's fantastic, and now I want to rewatch. I wanted to say Be Dazzled, but that's not the name of the movie. 
the one where she plays the devil and Brendan Fraser is also there. Oh, um, Bedeviled? I know what you're talking about. What's the name of it? Isn't it Bedazzled? It might be. Is it Bedazzled? I think it is. Well, whatever. It's the one. There's there's fantastic gifts from it, like the one where Brendan Fraser is crying. I miss Brendan Fraser. He's so good. He's he's on Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. What? Who's he playing? He's playing Robot Man. Okay. It. By the way, it is Bedazzled. It was a 2000 movie. Ah. Oh, makes me miss high school. So. More Marvel news. We're getting a first look at the Loki Disney Plus logo and concept art. All right. This was technically from April, but we're just now getting our first glimpse of it. Because in April, they had a Disney Plus Investors Day. And I guess, I think I actually remember vaguely us talking about it then. But anyway, MCU Cosmic has a picture and it's the logo which actually reminds me a little of the Loki agent of Asgard font and everything, which it should. I mean, it's very reminiscent of that. The journey into mystery, Loki agent of Asgard, the comics that feature Loki. And I would have called it a photo, but apparently it's concept art. And it's Loki in the seventies because he's getting out of a car and Jaws is showing on a screen in the background, like on the marquee. So, yeah, we are getting Loki hopping through time and space like we were talking about the other week. Is it the 3D Jaws that, you know, comes out of the screen and, <laughs> you know, and Back to the Future 2? Nope, nope. It's just regular old Jaws. Okay, so it is back in the past. Back in the day. Now, um, the God of Mischief on Earth in 1975, the article says. So that's what we've got coming from the TV world. From the movie world, there are some Keanu Reeves rumors. Okay, so I'm on a bit of a Keanu Reeves hive. Everybody is. Yeah, I saw John Wick 3 a couple weeks ago. And then I saw Always Be My Maybe on Wednesday? Netflix. I guess. Anyway, it's really cute. And Keanu Reeves is fantastic in it. And then just a couple, maybe like an hour and a half ago, E3 was this weekend and Keanu Reeves was announced in Cyberpunk 2077, which I've been looking forward to and even more looking forward to. But now, according to another thing from MCU Cosmic, Keanu Reeves is being sought for a role in the Eternals. We've talked about the Eternals for a bit, including the fact that none of us really know all that much about them from the comics because it's not really any of our scene. But Negotiations are apparently underway. He is not signed yet. That's all anybody really knows. And shrug on that. I know people have had, you know, sort of like, oh, if you could cast Keanu Reeves in MCU, who would you cast? This article says, I think he'd make a great Silver Surfer. Mephisto? Yeah, Scott and I, oh, that would be fun. Scott and I have talked, and back in the day when everybody was like, oh, who should they cast as Doctor Strange? Scott was like, oh, I, I bet he'd make a great Doctor Strange. And I was still very set on Oded Fair. And that didn't happen. We got Bandersnatch Cummerbund. But yeah, question mark. That would be really cool if you played Mephisto. We did a bunch of MCU mutant casting on the com show. And Keanu Reeves' name came up quite a bit. Just let Keanu Reeves play whoever he wants. I'm there for it. I love Keanu Reeves. 
Does he know this? Uh, probably he is an immortal sage creature after all. Okay. And last bit of news is about X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is not getting good reviews and is also apparently not doing well at the box office. Yeah, Dark Phoenix is having the worst opening of any X-Men movie ever. From the AV Club, it brought in $14 million on Thursday and Friday night combined. And on something that I saw just before we started recording, I think it's due to lose like $100 million or something is the estimate. I'm going to see it at some point. Again, I've been saying it's, it looks like garbage, but I'm going to go see that garbage. I saw a couple spoilers about there's a, a mutant cameo that I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And about what the post credit scene was. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's fine. But all in all, it just sounds like a big shrug. I'm just going to keep reading my X-Men fanfic and miss the days of X-Men first class fandom from back in the day. I wonder how much effect the Disney merger had in this and how much apocalypse had to deal with this because apocalypse wasn't all that good either okay scott and i were actually talking about this at dinner the other night apparently the only reason jennifer lawrence agreed to come back was on the condition that she approve of the director because it sounds like she hated working with brian singer so much that it was just a miserable experience they all kind of hated working with singer So, yeah, it sounds like X-Men Apocalypse was kind of a miserable experience. Okay, well, it didn't mean, I guess it was an okay movie, but we had so many issues with it. It, I I won't ever watch it again, I don't think. I mean, I think I've had it on in the background on HBO, but it's not one that I've actively sought out. I I don't think I even bought the Blu-ray. I don't think I did. I don't know. I think I did buy it, but I think I bought it a lot later after it came out. I don't yeah, know for sure if I have it or not. Yeah, you can hear our airing of grievances on our <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse episode. Yeah, talking about Blu-rays, I did order the steel case, which is, I think, exclusively available through Best Buy, for Captain Marvel, which shows up this week. Well, now I need to hop on the Amazons. Yup. Because last I looked earlier this week and it was like they didn't have the release date available yet. We're all sitting here doing happy dances. Well, Amazon has not gotten the first run uh, the opening week of the movie for quite some time. So that's why I've been getting the stuff from Best Buy is because Amazon hasn't had it available opening week. Yeah, I've had really bad luck buying new movies through Amazon. Yeah, so it's been out in digital for a couple of weeks, as they all are these days. But, of course, I want the Blu-ray. And I did go, well, if I'm going to get the Blu-ray, might as well get the steel case. So that's what's coming. And the kids actually have started to really like the steel case. Like, one of them came by to borrow the Hulk. And <laughs> they were like, oh, wow, what? I really like these metal cases. What are they called? Well, steel case. Yeah, they were really cool. Yeah, well, they cost more and, you know, you can't just get them. You have to pre-order to, to get them and stuff like that. So at least the kids are getting a kick out of them. Anyway, with that major disappointment about uh, Dark Phoenix, we're just going to move on into the feedback. So first up, the tweets. Uh, we got a tweet from at Mr. Paracletes. Yep, he sent a little video our way. It was uh, 
from at Iconic Spider-Man. We need more Chris Hemsworth and Tom Holland content. Did either of y'all get a chance to watch this short little video? Uh, no. Okay. The video is called Unsuited with Chris Hemsworth and Tom Holland. And it's just them messing with each other for a minute and a half, ostensibly interviewing each other. It's, again, just them messing with each other. Like, oh, who's your favorite actor? Oh, I don't know. Liam Hemsworth. No, Luke Hemsworth. <laughs> well, any, any other Hemsworth? Liam Hemsworth? Oh, I don't, you know, India, India Hemsworth, I think is going to be really good when she's older. Any other Hemsworth? Mm, no, don't think so. <laughs> Just stuff like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's short. It's fun. So aside from Civil War, have Thor and Spider-Man ever fought each other in the comics? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who wins? All the time. It depends on who's writing. Yeah. As always, when two superheroes fight each other. So, who would win in a fight between Fat Thor and Spider-Man? Well, Thor has lightning. And a hammer. Well, now he has an axe. <laughs> he can tire quickly, though, because, you know, he is out of shape. But lightning. You don't need to be in shape when you've got lightning. So, Spider-Man can't create his own suit that will deflect the lightning? I mean, he could, but not, like, immediately. And we also got a tweet from at Adana Girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking, well, he needs to be in like, you know, a big rubber suit. And then I thought, no, no, that's a fetish. <laughs> and now it exists. It's on various tube sites. I apologize for nothing. Um, yes. From Adana Girl. I've created an MCU headcanon from Robert Downey Jr.'s appearance in Elton, Elton John's I Want Love video. So, yes, Robert Downey Jr. was in Elton John's I Want Love music video back in 2001. It was one of his first jobs right around the time that he was let out of prison. And on her Tumblr, she has a link. Besides Robert Downey Jr., this video has a couple of other MCU connections. It was directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, future wife of Aaron Taylor Johnson, Pietro Maximoff in Age of Ultron. Also, it was filmed at Greystone Mansion, a.k.a. Howard Stark's season one house on Agent Carter. So she says, I can picture Tony hanging onto the house, assuming Howard never sold it or buying it back and roaming the empty rooms reflecting on his life, which is sort of the whole thing in the video. Interesting. Yeah, we could go back to that. That would be a great scene for like a future Tony Stark video, like as he's trying to mentor people tony stark just haunting the house well he's kind of no I, I know he's deceased but he, if he left <laughs> videos for other people ah okay i'm just picturing i like mine just tony stark the really annoying ghost just like ooh. <laughs> be really cool with science bros right right oh, i'd love to be an annoying ghost he keeps like moving steve shield around i if, if ghosts are real i want to be an annoying ghost <laughs> I'm just going to constantly move people's like keys and wallet and phone. And they're just going to think, oh, I'm so forgetful. I never remember where I put those things. Give me your Wi-Fi password. Oh, that's another thing. I'll constantly change their Wi-Fi password. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or flip it back to the factory setting or whatever. <laughs> Why is my homepage? Oh, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> because then somebody's going to look it up and then I will... 
Well, I'm not going to have regret, but SP will be mad. Yeah, let's keep it kid friendly, <laughs> sort of, kind of. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So with all that, we're done with the feedback for the week. Thank you very much for everybody that interacts with us, both on Discord, on Twitter, and wherever else you get in touch with us. We really appreciate all of the feedback. And now we're completely caught up, by the way, with our back catalog. So a little bit more on that later. But in the meantime, we're going to do as the ladies preferred, and we're just going to fall into our new layer, and we're going to get this one out. Thanks, everybody, for continuing to download this show. If you're new to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., thank you very much for subscribing. We really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who gets a hold of us on Twitter, on Discord, just anywhere. Thank you for sending us stuff. As you can tell, we love it. We love being entertained by it. And whenever we get back to live tweeting, whenever the NBA is done interrupting us, uh, we love you live tweeting along with us and we love if you live in a different time zone seeing your own live tweets thank you to everyone that catches up on the back catalog that sp has been filling in i'm sure there's some nuggets and pearls of joy in there i don't remember because we recorded those almost two years ago my bad on those not getting out sooner but sp is the hero here and i hope you enjoy them all yeah, the last one as we were recording this will be so by the time you hear this it'll be out it's legends of shield 220 it is on the defenders finale which the episode is titled the defenders so don't think i'm having a stroke when i'm announcing that one but yes it is all out our back catalog is completely filled and thank you for your patience i'm waiting for episodes that were recorded in october november of 2017 so until next time i'm director sp i'm agent haley I'm Agent Lauren. We will see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Oh, hey, Haley. Hey. How are you? Good. How's Sarah? Good. How are the pets? Good. The dog is under the desk right now. Okay. Has the dog been staying underneath there while you podcast? No, this is his first time. Okay. This is his first podcast. Ah, virgin podcaster. There should be some, uh, I don't know. What do you call it? The uh, uh, what is that? The 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 college thing? You go off and perform in a live theater, and you're a virgin. You get up on stage. Rocky Horror Picture Show is that it? Uh, Never did that. Nope. You didn't hang out with the college liberal arts at all, did you? Nope. <laughs>
I had to. They were in my dorm. So you get, you bought a new to you car recently, right? Yes. What did you get? Jeep Renegade. Oh, the Renegade. What year was it? 2018. Does it have the Uconnect system in it? Yes. That was like one of my prerequisites for any car. That's the reason I got a Renegade instead of a Patriot. Do they still sell the Patriot? I thought they discontinued that. They're, they are discontinued. So none of them are new enough to have that in there. But they had like a ton on the lot that had like no miles on it or like 2000 where they'd like obviously use it as a loaner or something, but never owned vehicles like 2016s. Ugh. They had a ton of them, but they don't have the Uconnect system. I've got a 2017 Jeep Compass, and mm-hmm. the one huge issue I have with the Uconnect system is when I start the car up, it automatically brings up the radio. There's nothing I can do. I cannot shut it off. It, mine is slow to bring up the CarPlay part. Well, if I've got a phone connected, it will bring up the CarPlay and not do the radio, which is good, mm-hmm. but I have to have the phone connected. Even if it's connected, it takes a while to like process the connection. Well, true. So it doesn't automatically come up right away. So it starts playing radio for like oh, 10, 15 seconds. So yours does the same thing. Yeah. I had heard that in the 2019 Compass model that they had changed it, but uh, not in the 2017. That was the first year that they redesigned the thing, and I wouldn't have bought a Compass if it was previous to 2017. Those things look ugly. Yeah, the guy at the dealership was trying to sell me on a compass. I just don't like the look of them as much. The new ones or the old ones? Any of them, really. I, I mean, just not my thing. Yeah, okay. I'm waiting until the last possible second to turn off my AC because we have a heat advisory warning. Oh, how hot is it down there? Oh, God, let me check. <laughs> Where's my phone? Where'd I put my phone? Oh, it's charging. Um checkweather.com i know that there was a noted change in the gulf the gulf temperature in the last week i saw that it's 92 right now but with humidity feels like 103 also i have a new pop filter that will so far in my actual like recording recording has been good about uh, oh, getting it? rid of explosives. So, oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The one I just edited was from 2017, so wasn't holding anybody to the audio standards on that. That was just for clean audio to get clean audio out of that. I'm so glad that I had Haley's track because that just it was wow. Everybody had room noise or ambient noise and. Uh. <laughs> uh, talking over each other it was good to slide some stuff around and uh yeah i think i like the end product you guys are gonna like it if you haven't listened to it already plus the outtakes towards the end of the outtakes are hilarious i want to listen to the outtakes yeah there's some longer ones in there but there's some really funny ones in there too do you have any advice on recording with a cloud lifter i don't know if i need one okay so i picked one up oh okay Yeah. But I don't know if I just don't need one or you need one. Okay. I have it, but I haven't been able to dial in your system. Yeah. Okay. So cloud lifter from your microphone before it gets the DBX. Yes. Well, yeah. 
And then you won't need as much gain on the DBX because you're automatically giving it, what, 50 with that? I, f- I forget how much it... All the way up to 60. It has a knob on it? On the DBX? No, on the cloud lifter. Oh, on the cloud lifter, no. Yeah, so you'll be able to turn that down, which will reduce the noise to signal ratio that you're getting through the dbx but then you'll have to recalculate everything so do you remember that bsw uh setup video for the dbx uh no okay so bsw has a good setup video i tend to think it gets a little bit too much in the compressor when you set it up okay i see it i've used this one yeah yeah so Set it to what they say for drive and density and then turn those both down like two or three notches. Okay. All right. That may be what was with it. And the same with the enhancer. Yeah, you'll get distorted. If you follow their guidelines, you will get distorted audio out, especially pumping that much uh, gain through it. You're going to go down from 60 dB to maybe under 15 needed on the DBX. And then keep your, um, you still have a mixer or did you go with a audio interface? I still have the mixer. Then just keep that gain at Unity in the channel that you're going into. Yeah, because right now, in order to actually record for like my commercial stuff, I have to do like all the way to the top for the mixer and DBX. Okay, so you're going to have to redo the DBX. So I wouldn't put it in line right now, but. Yeah, no, I, this is something I figure I'll fuck around with tonight. Uh-huh. It should be a lot cleaner audio for you. Yes, that's something, that's basically the reason I did it, because I am starting to try to do more actual, like, commercial, commercial work. So, okay. anything that'll give me an advantage there. Yeah, the two things with your audio is standard SM7B, where you can't give it enough gain. So you're yelling into the mic or you're, or you're turning up the gain to the point where you're getting a lot of noise, like line noise in the system, and then ambient noise because it's treating it like a condenser microphone because you're just driving it so much. Yeah. So those are the, the two main things that I don't like with a SM7B. And if you can drive it with enough gain to then gate it out appropriately, you can reduce a lot of the... Um, background noise then that's the thing you don't want to drive it too much because you drive it too much and it's basically a condenser microphone and you're going to hear everything including the dog upstairs yes yeah no i know (laughs) and then plus right now since it's summer and we live right by the pool and yeah and then your air conditioning i I hear that often in your recording too yep but i'm not ever going to tell either you two to I mean, I prefer it if you can, but I'm not going to tell either of you two that you have to turn off your air conditioning. No, the office is the hottest room in the apartment. Yeah, actually, today I might leave it on with the heat warning. Okay. I'll just try to be very loud to block it out. <laughs> okay. Todd left before his first podcast started, so he doesn't yeah. get a credit. <laughs> um, I'll make a note of that. Pike is mad. He's here, but it's not her first. Pike is mad that I took his seat because he's been in my seat all day i just built a new linen cabinet from ikea for us because this place doesn't have very many closets so there's like crap piled up on the futon which is where todd likes to lay when sarah's not here Mm -hmm. and he's mad about that he's real salty 
I need yes. to be positive. Uh, give me a sec. Yep. Oh, no, don't. That's not yours. But what if it was? You got a cat sneaking up on you, Haley. Sneaky. Okay, got one. All right. It was Lemon Party. I was going to say Lemon Party. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.